This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. Uh, let's first reflect on the markets. And uh, we've already this morning seen some uh, terrible scenes in Ukraine with uh, missiles being rained in from Russia and significant amount of bombing. Has that uh, worried markets over the last few hours? It's probably not helped. Uh, the markets are a little flat today, to be honest. It's not like we're deep in negative territory and seeing lots of risk aversion, um, which you may have anticipated once we saw uh, what happened on the bridge to Crimea uh, over the weekend and what's followed. The markets just seem a little bit flat. We also had the Chinese services PMI on Saturday, and that was really disappointing. Again, the zero COVID coming back to haunt the services sector. So we saw the Kaijin services PMI drop from 55 to 49.3. So that could have put a dampener on the open as well. And in Asia, it certainly seems to have been a negative. But in Europe, we've seen it bounce back a little bit to trade a bit mixed on the day at the time of recording. But like I say, we've got a, a bank holiday in the US, in Canada, in Japan. So I do just wonder whether part of this flatness at the start of the week, the lack of direction is partly driven by the fact that everyone knows that these bank holidays and this can often just be a drag at the start of the week. So I guess we'll see the full reaction uh, when things really start moving tomorrow. But there's just a lack of economic data and everything as well because of the bank holidays I've just mentioned. So it will be interesting to see. I don't think those things you've just highlighted have really helped uh, to lift the mood, but neither did the US jobs report on Friday. We saw the big sell-off, another hot report, reducing any hope of the Fed starting to slow the pace of tightening. We have got the inflation data this week, but I think that jobs report really does make it very difficult for the Fed to start to ease off the break because the labour market is clearly still running extremely hot. All of these factors combined do just uh, dampen the mood ultimately in the markets, but it is interesting that we haven't seen a little bit more risk aversion, sure. You mentioned, of course, there's a public holiday in the United States and other countries today, but it's actually going to be quite a busy week across the other side of the Atlantic. What stands out for you? Well, as you say, there's a lot to watch out for this week for the US. The inflation report that I mentioned earlier is, of course, front and centre of that. If we see uh, a real low number, then that could potentially revive hopes of a slower pace of tightening, although I, I still doubt it because the Fed has talked about the need for consistent data to show that their approach is working. So it could certainly help lift sentiment that we are heading in that direction. I'm not sure it actually changed Fed policy. We've also got the Fed meeting minutes on uh, Wednesday. So that's going to be interesting as well. It, again, it always feels a bit outdated when the world's moving as fast as it is at the moment and the data is changing as much as it is at the moment. So it will be interesting. I'm not sure it's going to be the game changer it can often uh, be. And then earnings season starts later on in the week. So we get some of the big banks like JP Morgan uh, reporting earnings. So that's going to be really interesting to see what corporate America has to say about all of this. Also got US retail sales, consumer confidence. So there is a lot to come from the US on the back of that strong jobs report. And I think that's going to be the real focus this week and could dictate sentiment really in the broader markets over the course of the coming days. Meanwhile, Craig, the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, Kwasi Kwarteng, has announced that he's going to bring forward his plan for balancing the government's finances by almost a month. It's now going to be the 31st of October. If you recall, it was originally meant to be the 23rd of November, and that definitely spooked markets because there was a big concern that they weren't going to present the detail 
in that uh, so-called mini budget to the office for budget responsibility which is now going to provide all the opinion and detail it has yeah nice choice of words rather than spook markets on the 23rd of november he's gonna maybe present a bit of a horror show on halloween it's an interesting move it's gonna help maybe to alleviate some of the pressure on the markets because the longer this goes on the the worse things could get in anticipation of a poor budget but he's still got so much work to do. It's going to be all about the detail. How are you going to pay for all these tax cuts? How much borrowing is there going to be? How sustainable are the measures going to be? How economically harmful are they going to be if it's all going to be about cutting departmental spending? It really feels like they're setting themselves up for failure. By doing this on Halloween, you're really letting the media write. You're writing the headlines for them effectively uh, if this doesn't go to plan. Very bizarre PR move from the Chancellor but perhaps that's the least of their concerns because if there's one thing they've not been concerned about in the last month and a half it's PR. Although to be fair he did want to make that statement before the Bank of England announced its latest decision on interest rates which is the 3rd of November so there probably weren't that many available dates. Perhaps but again it just seemed quite interesting because before that date on the 3rd of November you've got the 1st of November the 2nd of November the 28th of October and so on and so forth. So it, it does almost just seem like another PR blunder. But again, they, they are a government that just really don't seem to care that much about PR blunders. But I note that the chairman of the Treasury Select Committee, Mel Stride, has said that he thinks an earlier report is going to result in a smaller rate rise. And we when we were talking a couple of weeks back during that uh, shambles uh, that occurred over that Friday you were suggesting that the bank might raise rates by 2%, but that's been pared down significantly now, hasn't it? It has. I mean, that is the point of moving this forward, ultimately, is to try and alleviate some of those concerns in the market and what's happening in the bond markets and the Bank of England interventions, which today has been extended to some extent uh, in order to try and ease some of those concerns and ease the pressures on things like pension funds, which came as a result of that mini-budget shock uh, a couple of weeks ago. So the decision to move this before the Bank of England meeting clearly has one eye on the meeting itself, trying to prevent the central bank from having to raise rates very aggressively. They're still going to have to raise rates quite aggressively. Expectations did hit 2%, but what happens during the panic of these moments is that things become exacerbated, and that is an example of that. Now the markets are pricing in a bit of a coin flip between 1% and 1.25%. I think we'll probably be looking at 1% in the aftermath of this budget, but whether that alleviates concerns about the economy and what it does for the pound um, is still yet to be seen. And again, some of the biggest concerns with this, these new measures wasn't just the near-term ramifications, but it was the medium-term ramifications by implementing these tax cuts, which is seen as inflationary over the medium term, then the Bank of England still has to do more. So yes, we may not see a 1.5% rate hike or even a 1.25% rate hike this month, but we could see a couple of 1% rate hikes between now and the end of the year with further uh, increases to come. That will all be down to the detail. So we're going to have to wait a, few, a couple more weeks for that yet. Three weeks today, actually, um, until that decision. And the OBR forecasts are obviously going to be crucial to that in order in, in terms of restoring confidence. Um, and in the interim, we I think we are still going to see more turbulence in an otherwise quiet day in the markets. The pound is still off. 0.4% against the US dollar back at around 110. We're still seeing 
UK gilt yields rising. The 10-year yield is back up at close to 4.4%. That's not even that far from uh, the peak uh, a couple of weeks ago when that mini budget was announced. The 30-year yield is, uh, is, is rising again as well. That's up around 4.55%. The peak after the mini budget was just over 5%. So it seems to be heading back towards that direction. So even with these uh, this this earlier budget being announced uh, and the constant reminder to everyone that they do back the OBR's independent forecasting, the confidence in the markets is still incredibly shaken and that's only going to be undone by a reasonable and reliable budget that isn't going to harm the economy, that isn't going to be overly inflationary and is going to alleviate the pressure on the Bank of England to do even more than it already is in a far more aggressive manner that's going to be damaging for the economy. Clearly, there isn't that much faith in the government at this moment in order to deliver that, and we'll have to wait and see whether that mistrust is fair or whether it's going to uh, we're going to see that unwind to a certain extent in a few weeks' time. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.